Greet each one in Jesus' name. That went pretty good, and that's a nice way to organize. We're going to handle one more thing and number off there, if you don't mind. We'll be filling the office of deacon here. <laughs> and we'll just take care of that this morning if you guys, while we're on a roll. Oh, I was going to share in uh, Sunday school class, and I didn't. On behalf of uh, Mike and Miriam Taylor... Thanks for the sharing you did for them. Uh, Mike and Miriam are both looking for a little bit more work. And I'm just throwing it out. There's a lot of people here, and sometimes maybe you hear of something. If Mike could find a half a day or a day or a couple days, or if somebody would have something that's appropriate for him, it would sure make a difference in their lives there if they could work a little. Both of them have some health issues, but both of them are looking for uh, a day or two of work to make their finances work, just for what it's worth throwing it out there. Billy Graham passed on. Was anybody here at a Billy Graham uh, sermon there? You had some... There. We, how, how long ago? Many... Teenager, okay. In in this area or in Minneapolis, okay. California, okay. Phoenix. Phoenix, okay. Memorable, I was never there. One of the boys, one of our boys was in one of his later ones, I believe, in Minneapolis. Memorable experience. And... Uh, one of my favorite stories of his, uh, true story that he has written in one of his books, was he was in a small town and he asked a young lad, hey, can you tell me where the post office is? And the young boy said, yeah, you go down here and you make a right. And then he said, now we're having a meeting tonight over at the school and you're welcome to come. I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And the young boy looked at him and he said, I doubt if I come because you don't even know the way to the post office. <laughs> and a uh, true story that happened to him there. But uh, he picked so- six songs until then at his, that they sang at his funeral. All hail the power of Jesus' name above all, because he lives, and to God be the glory. And Amazing Grace then was played with a uh, bagpipe. Uh, <laughs> thought that was interesting. Interesting thing. Um, that we're, uh, that I was amazed at this week is the criticism that he got. Uh, there was a young girl uh, that's a writer for a magazine, wrote, enjoy your time in hell to him. And uh, then she got uh, reprimanded for that, and they said, "Well, it's only, it's all. He was an evil man, and the, the reason she felt like he was an evil man was because of how he taught the Bible teaches on, on the gay issue, and that's what drew the fire. That they have no patience with anybody that quotes the Bible on on that issue. Lauren Deca, Deca I believe her name was, and I was just." 
I was just amazed that she uh, came out like that in the day after or the day that he died. A benefit package. I, I'm uh, preaching at, on uh, Psalms 103 this morning. You can turn to that. I find it harder to preach a praise message, and so I think I really need it. I think I, it's a lack in my life. Song that's going through my mind again is Turn your eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. <coughs> Ephesians, I like to quote <coughs> Ephesians 1 3 All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ. Because of our relationship with Christ, God has absolutely blessed us with a benefit package. And I was, a while ago I was reading the benefit packages that Facebook or Microsoft, they have a restaurant in their office and you're welcome to all the food. They have 21 days of paid vacation and they have... Uh, some of them have barbers in there, and they have child care, and you have a lot of paid time off, both of you, or either of you, as far as for family. Anyway, there's so much that we have as a Christian, the benefit package that we have for Christian, and we lose perspective of that. And we somehow, uh, there, in, in another psalm, in uh, Psalm 106, it says, the, it was talking about when the children of Israel didn't believe the Lord for the blessings that he would see to it, that they'd be alright in the promised land. And, and it says in that there, uh, verse, the people refused to enter the pleasant land for they wouldn't believe his promises to care for them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents and they refused to obey God. And then it says, therefore he solemnly swore, and there was consequences to play, that they wouldn't, that they wouldn't uh, believe God with his promises, for his promises there. They lost their perspective. And there's so much that we have as Christians um, that are Christian, that are distinctive to the Christian life. Christians, distinctives, if you would. We have peace and rest, we're promised. A life without anxiety. We know that all things work together for good to those who are called for His purposes. We have victory over sin. We're promised victory over sin. Impatience, anger, lust, jealousy. These are not, these are not pleasant things that enter into the life and control a non-Christian. And we have Christian liberties. The Bible makes much about Christian liberties in the New Testament. And that we're adopted into the family. That we're part of his family. And so we have David saying here in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now David has gone down the road by the time that we get to this dear psalm, it's a little later in his life. And he's already fought lions and fought giants and fought bears and 
won battles, lost battles. He's already had that thing with Bathsheba. And he's walking with a limp, if you will, like Jacob. And like many of us are this morning. And as he saw Bathsheba, he said to somebody, why don't, who is that? And they are specific. And they try to warn him against it a little bit. But they're not too brave. But they say, that's the daughter of so-and-so and the wife of so-and-so. And he tries to warn David against it. And David says, now, uh, have her come over here. And you know the story. And as I read the story again, there's a temperature that rises within you. And you struggle with that story. When he goes on to try to cover up, and he tries to hide, and he gets this Uriah back. And Uriah says to him, you know, with the men all out there fighting, and there's no way I'm going home. And so, I can hardly believe in my mind that a man after God's own heart says, take this letter along with you. And he says, draw back and, and have him killed. And he says it. He don't imply it. He, he says, he said, just when, put him in the heat of the battle. Go in close. And the, and the leaders out there said, you go tell David that this is what happens. And if he questioned us why we got so close to the wall, you tell him that this man got killed. And I was, I was just trying to put that together in my mind again as I was relating to this psalm that is such a blessing. And I was trying to put that in my mind and say, why didn't one of the men, what an abuse of power, what an abuse of of his blessings that the Lord has given. And, and why didn't one of the men grab him by the collar and push him against the wall and say, David. And you know, I, I had to think back when my mom, when we were at home with my mom, when I was a teenager, and my mom used to talk about a certain person. And he, she used to say, well, and my mom was uh, a master at understatement. And she used to say, well, they say that he isn't always very nice to her. And I'm saying, not nice to her? What do you mean he's not always nice to her? And, and I can't get over this. But there was that there talking in the crowd, if you will, and you know what I'm talking about. But nobody, none of the men, it was almost a year later that the Lord sent Nathaniel and he looked at David in the eye and he said, David, you are that man. And, it, and nobody knew how David was going to take it and he had the power to kill him. But would you stand by would you stand by while somebody 
in your congregation would abuse power? Yeah, it's hard to step up. But how do you take David's mind apart and say, David, what were you thinking? And why is David still a thing? I think David is still a thing so that none of you here this morning that are walking with a limp, that wish you had something to do over, can say, but I'm out of bounds. I can't get back in. The Lord isn't going to embrace my plea for forgiveness. David's a wiser man when he's writing these here, some of these later psalms. But you know what? I think David wasn't as good a dad, and he wasn't as good a king after he crashed. It was just hard to be that unfaithful and to, to hold a strong line and to give the direction. It was hard. He can be forgiven. And he was. And the Lord has used him in a mighty way afterwards. And with all the things that David learned, all the, there's so many, the word I'm looking for, so many consequences to sin. If you can say, if you say this morning, okay, there's grace, so I can sin. You don't understand grace, right? But there's so many consequences that David learned that come along with the reckless way that he mowed over so many people and took a, an advantage of who he was. And, and the Lord told him, David, look at all that I gave you. I gave you power, I gave you blessings, I gave you this, I gave you that. And if that wouldn't have been for enough, if you would have asked me, I would have gave you more than that. But David took the road where he lived in sin for a while. He did what he did because he wanted what he wanted. <coughs> so David is maybe not as good a dad because of how hard he crashed. And he's maybe not a good... Uh, his, the things that went on in the kingdom there, he wasn't... I believe it was hard for David to give you a steady gaze after that. I think there's a lot of healing that had to happen. In Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul. David talking. This is David talking. This is David and you talking. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all the benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. 
Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He hath made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of a field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it and is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercies of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto the children's children to such as keep his covenant and those that remember his commandments and do them the Lord hath prepared his throne in heaven and his kingdom ruleth over all bless the Lord ye angels that excel in strength that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God says, write it down, David, your thoughts. Write them down. David was praising the Lord that he had a, a place with the Lord. He had a Lord. After all he went through, the Lord said, write it down. Because the people in Northwood are going to need him. Write those words down. And David says, praise the Lord, O my soul, with everything I have. With everything I have within me. What if I would ask you, where did you see the Lord in this week? What, what is it that this week you saw the Lord? What in your life where, could you sense His leading? You know, there's a saying that they use, I, I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. And I fear a lot of us come to church and we come out of duty, we come because... We were born in this culture. We were raised in this culture. We know good and evil. We know a lot of the facts. But somehow, we're not feeling it. I, I, don't, I don't feel this. I don't have this. And this isn't a call to more uh, wisdom or more facts or more knowledge. What this is the call to is for those of you, for those of us that know Jesus as our Savior, that we have passion, that we feel this, and that we, and you know, a while ago, Todd preached a message on prayer, 
that connected with me. And, and I think, you know, we pray sometimes out of duty. And somebody lately was, was preaching, and, and he, he said he had went through so much of his life as a pastor and as a teacher and as a trainer, and his prayer life was almost nothing. And he said he came to the place where he realized that when we're not praying, what we're saying to God is, we, we got this, we can do this ourselves. And a lot of our prayers aren't praised. One of the things as I try to study, why was David okay yet? Why is he a thing yet? And, and I think it's a couple of things. David took advice when confronted. So many times people told David and he took advice. And I think that's what made him special. And the other thing is, he, he praised the Lord. He had this passion. And he prayed to the Lord and we have these Beautiful psalms, even after shipwreck that he had, even after the, the incredibly horrific things that he did, he's still writing this for, for us today. And he's saying, with, with everything that's within me, and he's going down over here and he's recognizing all the things, all the benefits that we have from God. He heals our diseases. He does... And, and I think he's talking, I think the language here, I think he's talking our spiritual healing that we need. He does heal many of our diseases. And he's the, the great healer. But I think what David is talking here is about the, the spiritual, the soul, the soul in David that needs healed. There's a verse that says, The people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me in Matthew. And I think there needs to be a thing of intentional worship. Intentional praising of the Lord. And intentional. And for us to sit here and say, I'm bored with church, I just don't feel it. Uh, we can take a lesson like this that David's writing to us and say, I need to feel this. I need to recognize all the gifts that God has given to us. All the special, wonderful benefits that he has given to us. That we can go through a week like Dave and Aurelia went through this week and last week. And we can, we can know that God cares. We can know that we can leave it there. We, we come through those weeks not as with those without hope. But we come through those weeks with with knowing that no matter what any of you are experiencing, and in a group this size, some of you are experiencing some pretty difficult times. But as a Christian, we have all the blessings that are listed in the book. All the promises that are listed in the book. God is a, is a steadfast God. He's an anchor. He's something we can lean on. He's something we can praise. And He forgives our iniquities. Verse 3. He heals our diseases. He redeems our lives from destruction like He did David's. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies our mouth with good things. He renews our youth when we get tired. When we get beat down and our soul gets wobbly. He executes 
righteousness and judgment for the oppressed. And that's what I'm hanging on to. When I look at the oppression that's going on in our world today and look at oppressed people, and I'm not talking about in the United States as much as I'm talking, and I'm sure there's oppression going on. But when I look at the people that are being treated unfairly and the people that are uh, that were born into an unstable situation and the people that Katrina is working with and the people that are leaving their homes and, and, and being abused in every way imaginable, <clears throat> he executes righteous judgment for all the oppressed. He's, none of this is going, none, he's not overlooking any of this. He makes known His ways, verse 7. He is merciful and gracious and slow to anger. And which of us here sitting this morning are not so grateful that He's merciful and slow to anger in our lives? He is forgiving and forgetting our sins. And that is, what a precious verse that is, that He is taking your sins and He's taking them as far as the east is from the west. And, and He's Removing them that far from you. What a, what a precious verse that is. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us in closing. For I will be merciful, this is New Testament, to their unrighteousness and to their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hebrews 8. David looked back with a lot of regrets. He, he walked in life with a limp, if you will, like Jacob did when he came up against the Lord. And he... He had his back to the wall so often. So often David did the right thing. And there's times, it was shared in Sunday school, that he did the wrong things, like when he counted the people, and when he did those kinds of things. He made some serious mistakes. So, if David can, do you think you can? Do you think you can trust God's promises that He'll forgive you of your sins and that He'll move them? Or will you let the enemy of our souls keep weighing you down with that? Put yesterday in its biblical place. Put it as, as you come to the Lord, put yesterday in its biblical place as far as the east is from the west. You're not going to run into them anymore. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. And again, if you say, so it's a day of grace, so I can sin if I want and it won't make a difference. And if you're thinking that in your mind, you don't understand what grace is. You need to look at the cross. You need to, to study that. You need to 
you need to take that apart and you need to understand that examine that you need to turn your eyes on Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace intentionally we need to reach inside of us and intentionally worship the Lord in prayer and thoughts and words and as we share with one another he wants that because it strengthens us bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name let's let's kneel for